Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. That is the epic entrance music of the one and only Hobo Sermons, the man, the man on the guitar, an absolute musical phenom. Hobo, I love you, bro. That's awesome. And uh, well, I, got, I got myself playing in the background. This is great. Nice. I'm nice. a narcissist. <laughs> anyway, good morning to you all. Our time is, our time is out. Crypto Cowboy, Marvin the Boon, Alan Bridgemohan Singh, Robert S., A. Dixie. What's up, buddy? How are you? Crypto King, Silver Sailor, the Hexicans in the house, Mark Anthony, everybody else. Turning Japanese, good to see you here. Uh, who am I missing? Charney, what's up, Charney W? Uh, who else? Who else? Carbon Based Life Form, Pungo Boardhouse. Uh, everybody's here, man. Everybody's here. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Thomas Jefferson's in the house. Everybody's in the house. Shiva Vereen in the house. Good morning. Good morning to all the fellow rogues that are out there. Good morning, everyone. It's glad that you are here. We are one and only roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app out there. Links are in the description box. Also, check out our paid subscriber. Uh, our paid subscriber. Our paid. Uh, Jesus, I just went blank. Our paid sponsor. MyCBDedibles.com. <laughs> MyCBDedibles.com. I need some CBDs, dude. Oh, my Jesus. Um, mycbedibles.com for all your CBD edible goodness, and also check out, um, yeah, that's it, mycbedibles.com. <laughs> See, so I just got, I just got, I'm discombobulated here this morning a little bit, buddy. Well, well, it happens sometimes when you're looking through the chat room and you're trying to trying to catch everyone, right? We don't want to leave yeah. any, anyone out and uh, re- re- regroup our thoughts and and go from there. But V, I tell you what, the last uh, 24 hours of the news cycle has been a lot of fun, man. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed you this much. I've never been so inspired by the Taliban as I do now. In 2001, I hated these guys. I wanted to like, you know, we're all in the the, the, the heck's wrong with the Taliban, right? And um, this time around, Siege, I'm just like, uh, wow, these guys literally have the playbook. You know, I mean, remember when uh, Biden says. What are you crazy? You want to take on the U.S. government? You gotta have an air force. You gotta have nukes. <laughs> and the Taliban showed us, folks, 
if it if the chips were ever on the table, if the chips were ever on the table, all you need is just like one of the listeners in the live stream said yesterday, all you would need is a pair of black pajamas, an AK-47, and a horse. That's all you need, and the U.S. government will run before you. It's incredible. And I think we got a glimpse of this during the whole January 6th thing, right, when when uh, people were cowering you know, in, in the Senate, just crying and shaking, and AOC, who was never even there, was like uh, like uh, like two miles away from the Capitol, and she was hiding in a, in a closet, mm-hmm. uh, shaking. I, this this is how in a bubble our rulers are, and how pathetic it is. And number two, it also shows us how thin the veneer of civilization is of what we call civil society. It's a very thin, thin veneer. And uh, my God, man, I'm inspired. Taliban, wow, I'm inspired. So that's that, that's how you do it, huh? <laughs> That's how you do it. CJ, I got some black pajamas on order. I got a headscarf on order. And uh, in about a few hours, I'm going to go around the town looking for a horse to kidnap. And uh, I'm ready. <laughs> there's there's a few. There's Let me send you the address of a couple different horse farms close by. Perhaps we can borrow one for some uh, for some uh, little shenanigans or something, V. Yep. Absolutely. Some shenanigans indeed. Anyway, CJ, lots of things going on in the world. Uh, the world is reeling. The, uh, <laughs> Half the world is reeling and shaking their heads. The other half of the world is laughing their asses off uh, at the debacle that is the Afghanistan Spelunking Mission, another mission uh, of a country that hasn't won a war since World War II. And, uh, you know, you you won Gulf War I. Yes, we won Gulf War I. But that was it, you know. And uh, so the world's laughing has Afghanistan swallowed up a, another empire and chewed it up and spit it out. So, see, where do you want to begin, man? Well, yeah, that's I'm not sure about you, but that's what I did last night. I was like just going through, you know, Twitter, different YouTube feeds. I was I was interested, you know, listening to everyone's take on on, uh, you know, what transpired. And and overall, I think the consensus was was the same that, you know, overall, when you think of, you know, U.S. diplomacy, U.S., you know, leadership, our, our skill set for, for nation building, the overall consensus was that look, look at the results, right? Look at, look at how disconnected. And I think one of the best takedowns there was out there, I usually don't listen to her a whole lot, but uh, Laura Ingram, yeah, uh, who, who talks on Fox had the, the best brutal takedown of the leadership of the Pentagon saying, what the hell is wrong with you guys? How, why, how could you be so disconnected when you, have so many generals that were stepping up and saying, you know, our, we should be very proud of our accomplishments. We we train the the Afghani army and they're 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 the pride of the country. They're ready. So it just it just three hundred thousand strong. Season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those, you know, so far here, I want you to I want you to look at this. Every army that has been trained by U.S. special forces have lost miserably in conflict. The Georgian army, okay, during the South of Sedia, excuse me, the South of Sedia operations in in eight eight oh eight, okay, in, in in August eighth of two thousand and eight, where the Georgians, led at that time by the Thai eating Maven himself, Mikhail Shakasvili, was goaded by the one and only Dick the Warhawk Shaney, the Chicken Hawk Shaney, 
And Dick, I'll shoot a bird if it's on your face. Shaney told the Thai eater Shakasvili, hey, Shakasvili, go into South Ossetia, which traditionally is Russian, and go ahead and try to take it over and say that the Russia, there was Russia, uh, Russian aggression and uh, we'll back you up. So American Green Berets who were uh, operating in that region at that time in 8808, leading a crack team of Georgian troops, literally had their asses kicked in a matter of minutes by the Russians. Then you had American-backed, the Afghan military, 300,000 strong. And Joe Biden, that, that will never happen. That will never happen. And what happened? Hmm. They, they ran for their lives. So it's incredible, Siege. And uh, you have that Ingram thing queued up? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Establishment has no clothes. That's the focus of tonight's angle. The collapse of Afghan, Afghanistan represents another catastrophic failure of our political establishment. Now, other obvious examples include the collapse of our southern border and long before that, the collapse of our once unrivaled manufacturing base. Well, they keep doubling down, though, on failure, don't they? Insisting that if they have just a few more years, they can make Americans understand why their actions, why their policies are smart and proper. And of course, to distract the public from their own abject failures, these old hacks do their best to stir up phony crises. Is there influence by the Russians over uh, President Trump? His behavior hasn't done much, at least in my mind, to allay that concern. Maybe it's my, my warning training as an intelligence professional. I have seen the lights blinking red in terms of what Mr. Trump has done and is doing and is bringing this country down on the global stage. Oh, my God. I can't even watch those two. And if the Russians weren't going to destabilize America, they wanted you to believe the fur and face paint contingent would. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white, and I want to understand it. So <laughs> what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find that out. Also tackling the problem of violent extremists in our work, in our ranks, in our workforce. <laughs> Lloyd Austin, the affirmative action hire. Thousands of people at the airport. Maybe that'd be a... How embarrassing. Can you imagine what China must be thinking? Taking Taiwan is going to be like taking candy from a baby at this point. Oh, dude. Of course, it's far easier, isn't it, to demonize your fellow Americans, though, than finally own up to the fact that you and your fellow generals spectacularly failed in Afghanistan that you didn't own up to the obvious inadequacies of the Afghan army, that you literally got almost nothing right in this mission right up until the end. The Afghan security forces have the capacity to sufficiently fight and defend their country. A negative outcome, a Taliban automatic military takeover is not a foregone conclusion. <laughs> Golly. It's almost like Comedy Central, V. Uh, dude, I love it. Isn't it? It's it. like it's like Comedy Central watching all these people, and, and mind you, this wasn't you know a year or two ago. This was like literally like like a, less than a month ago yeah. that these military generals and experts were proudly stating that the Afghani forces were properly trained and they have a mighty air force and they can they can defend Afghanistan from here on out. And literally, then two to three weeks, it's gone. <laughs> I love it, man. 
than 10 years before that, they sold Americans false hope. The Afghans are resolved to win this fight. We see success. And that convinces me that we can apply that success across the country. And here's McChrystal, one of the most criminal idiots out there. And, and, and this guy, too, Petraeus. They venerated him like he's some sort of a genius because it fits the Hollywood narrative. Never have I seen no country in the world, folks, no developed country in the world with a first-rate military has this media Hollywood componentry attached to it where movies are made about them. Generals are venerated. Guys like who are total blowhards like General George S. Patton, a total blowhard. Okay, the guy's deluded as fuck, okay? And they venerate this guy to the point of godhood, and they have a statue of him on West Point. Meanwhile, where's Omar Bradley's statue, right? Where's all the other generals who are far more successful, far more, you know, understanding, far more tactical than he was in this blowhard? Because, it, because the blowhard fits the narrative. Okay, this is the time when Patton had 60,000 troops under his command, saw no real battle at all, and then wanted to go fight, you know, six and a half million Russians right across the Ukraine. Like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? He's freaking crazy, right? So the American military establishment never had a clue. They never had a clue. They never had a clue in Benghazi. They never had a clue in Cuba, the Bay of Pigs. They never had a clue when it comes to any one of their operations. Folks, you got to understand, these people... Okay, they make catastrophic mistakes because they all live in a bubble. They are all far removed. Americans work in a the the American uh, war uh, mentality. The, the strategy at work here is 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 a simple strategy. They create what's called the kill box. Okay, they, let me explain to you how how, how American war war making is. Okay, how America conducts warfare. They create what's called the kill box. Okay. In order to kill box is basically, it's, it's, imagine it as you hear it, kill box. It is setting up a quadrant where they have forces arrayed, where they can apply pressure, they can apply uh, firepower within a concentrated area to take it out, right? But in order to have a kill box, you need what? Logistics, right? The American army, the military lives and dies on logistics. It takes months and months of staging for a U.S. operation to take place, okay? Look at Gulf War, Gulf War One, Gulf War Two. They spent months and weeks and months and months staging, okay? Staging. The Russians and the Chinese have been watching this for, for decades, and they've been seeing and they've been picking apart this whole entire thing. So what they were able to do, a modern military army will simply able to do is this. They're able to take what we call the kill box and turn it into a coffin into which we step into, <clears throat> That's simply what they do. The Afghans are, are brilliant in the, war, in, the, in the way they fought. The Taliban's brilliant. They simply operated in and out of the kill box. They, they, they used their tribal craftiness. They made deals, back-end deals. They networked among the villagers. They were able to do this whole entire thing right under the nose of the U.S. And they're a hard enemy to kill. The whole kill box doesn't work with irregular, asymmetric guerrilla warfare it doesn't work and this is the military that has this fe they fetishize okay they, they, they're, they're chased out of afghanistan they're running out of there like they're the hair is on fire and yet they fetishize going to war in lebanon against hezbollah because folks that's what they wanted to do before the russians and the iranians stepped in and started kicking 
ISIS's ass and, and gut checking the U.S. Right? That's what they wanted to do. And when I was told that, oh yeah, we're gonna go in there, we're gonna take out Hezbollah, I started laughing. I literally laughed. And I said, huh, that's gonna be fun to watch. What do you mean we're gonna have our Marines ready? The Marines will go in and take out Hezbollah. That's what they're planning to do. We're gonna do it. I'm like, dude, if the and this was under the Trump administration, by the way. And I said this, I said, I said to the individual, if the Marines ever go into Lebanon and try to fight Hezbollah, they will be ground out and spit out. They will be eaten alive. And thousands of Marines will come home in body bags. How do I know that? Why don't you ask Israel, whose military has far more combat experience than ours? They understand desert warfare. They understand guerrilla warfare better than anybody in the world. And Israel's vaunted Golan Sariet, okay, the Golani brigades, when they went into Lebanon, had their rear ends handed to them by just two units of Hezbollah. Okay? That's, the, that's real talk. They will tell you how tough Hezbollah is. So this whole run-up with the Taliban was supposed to be a dress rehearsal for Hezbollah. The whole run-up in Libya and Syria was a dress rehearsal to take out Hezbollah because Lebanon was the final thing to fall. And now you see that the globalists are working against Lebanon by manipulating its uh, its currency, bringing its economy to a halt. I mean, today, this morning, I talked to a buddy of mine. He, he was telling me latest update out of Beirut is the sewage systems are all backed up. The entire Mediterranean coastal front in Beirut smells like shit. Things are literally breaking down. And again, this is the empire of chaos that is being chased. And folks, let me explain something to you. The empire of chaos is being chased out of Eurasia. Thank God. The empire of chaos is being chased out of the Middle East. Thank Mm -hmm. God. CJ. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think I think you nailed it in terms of you know U.S. preparation and and their ambitions for the the Middle East and and but I, I just I'm just I don't know whether we'll learn from this or not. Be I mean the whole the whole no. idea. Think of think of some of the policies that probably led to this, probably escalated some of the resentment, some of the reasons why perhaps that even the Afghani's were like, you know what, give it to the Taliban because. You know, we don't want to be part of this under they're, they're They're not understanding any of this type of social justice programs that we're pushing through the military brass. They don't want to understand this whole idea of of LGBT, of, of acceptance, of having a flag on the embassy. They are so far disconnected from any of that. And I can't remember who stated it last night it was like, these are some of the policies that were being implemented in Afghanistan that were actually pushing the people further away. People were questioning these things as if that should be a priority for people that are literally driving on, on, on uh, gravel roads and everything is, is, is policies or, or the, the green energy type initiatives that they, they were pushing on. Don't develop, don't, don't develop, don't get air conditioning. Don't do all these things. So, so this is a, we we need to, we, we, we are in Africa. What we are trying to do is we are trying to build a, a, a an infrastructure. Here, have some solar panels and windmills. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like a failure of, of epic proportions. Uh, I don't think that we're going to learn 
you know, anything from it, V, the, the question to me is, are, are we two questions? Are, are we going to, to double down? Uh, you, you know that the neocons that certain people are going to leverage this to really escalate to say, look, the, the war on terror is back. Um, so will they leverage that for, you know, again, military spending for all these things that we know will just, you know, escalate, make things worse. And then the second part of that is, is that, well, the Taliban, are they, are they smart enough to understand that now granted they did have some, some, you know, pretty, pretty solid relations with, you know, George W. Right. I mean, his, so will they, will they modify or change their approach to become a formidable gov government to, you know, to collaborate, to, to meet with, you know, Russia, yeah. China, they're already doing you know, it. That's what I'm saying. So, so I, I think that they've learned, I think they're like, you know what? We, we, we realize, you know, they're not, they're not stuck on stupid. Like we are like, look the, during the whole thing, when, when, when Trump lost the election or was taken from, you know, whatever you want to say, right. When, when he was removed from power, the entire deal that Trump worked out, which was actually a solid deal, okay, fell apart. It was gone. And then we have this no deal, this whole run for the hills strategy that was in play, okay? Now, during that time, Putin understood what the hell was happening, that Trump is no longer in play. He's gone. He's out of the picture. There's a, there's a destabilizing situation here in Afghanistan that could pour and create problems within the Russian border, number one. Number two, it can create problems with the Belt and Road Initiative. Number three, it can create problems with the Eurasian trade integration. Okay? So what to do? Putin invited these guys to come to Moscow. And in Moscow, the Taliban met with Moscow with, with, with Russian leaders, whom they respect highly, right? And they deal, and, and they doled out, hey, what, what can we do? Energy. They talk about energy. They talk about infrastructure. They talk about stability. They talk about human rights. Okay, and the same thing occurred when the Taliban were invited by China to go to Tianjin, and in Tianjin, same thing. They talk about energy, they talk about infrastructure, they talk about uh, human rights because they understand that optics are everything. And if you notice, the Taliban has been stressing like crazy. Yeah, we're not going to do that. If women wanted to work, they can work. They can drive a car. They can um, go to college. They can go get a university education. We don't want to stop that because the Afghans understand something, folks. Okay, there's a powerful powerful motive that is ingrained in human biology in human psyche in human thinking and you cannot discount it and that is the motive for profit benefit okay bono hey the taliban realize it's a whole lot better living nice and comfortable than fighting a war all the time and they realize that Afghanistan is sitting on $29 trillion worth of mineral wealth and strategic metals, and that they, if they can work with partners to excise that, it'll be a great boon. Now, you have to ask, ask yourself a question. How come the U.S. never went in, CJ? How come they never went in? And they were only after the opium. We all know this. U.S. Marines guarding opium. We all know this. It's mm. not a mystery. Right. If you didn't know that the, 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 the CIA is euphemistically called the cocaine import agency, you haven't been paying attention or doing research. So why is it that they were sitting in there, okay, and the U.S. in Afghanistan for 20 years, and the only thing they could extract was opium and, and wokeism? That's the only thing they could do. Do you know why? Let me explain something to you guys. In 2003, I started working for a subsidiary of a, of a company in Switzerland called Amaropa. That was in 2003 and 2004. 
that's where I was uh, taken under the wing by an individual who was the head guy, worked directly with Mark Risch over at Glencore. That guy was my mentor. Okay, he taught me everything I know, taught me how to broker, taught me how to trade, taught me how to deal. All right, and 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 and, and I worked specifying cobalt and molybdenum. Okay, and uh, and vanadium, cobalt and vanadium. Excuse me. And then later on, molybdenum and. Then I got into other rare earths, molybdenum, hafnium, infinium, gallium, rhenium. You know, the list goes on and on. And then eventually I made it into the LBMA network and started working with an outfit out in, uh, in Singapore and, and Switzerland. And here I am today, right? But one of the things that we did back then, okay, over close to 20 years ago, when we would mine, and, and we'd work directly with the miners in, 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 uh, at that time, Zimbabwe, and they would extract cobalt. And when they extract cobalt, vanadium will be the other thing that you could also extract. So we'd take out cobalt. We'd take out vanadium. Um, sometimes we get molybdenum out of it as well. And then we take it and we take the actual uh, ore and bring it to Johannesburg. And then from, Johan from when it's trucked into Johannesburg, from Joburg, it's brought into Norway. And in Norway, we dealt with a company at that time called Falcon Bridge. I don't think they're no longer in business. I think they were brought out by Barrett. Uh, and and then the other component, there was a you know they were the only ones that had the at that time either either you take it to Norway or you take it to China for refining. Because they're the only ones that have the capability and the infrastructure, okay, to refine m thousands of tons of rare earths. They're the only ones that could do it. In the U.S., there was an outfit in Texas that. Also, was I think Barrett bought them out, but then they scuttled it because it doesn't help Barrett to keep this refiner up and running in Texas. They, they got scuttled, and they never had the refining capability. So the U.S. goes into a country. They know they can make a couple hundred billion off the opium, but they can't touch. Think how ironic this is. The U.S. is so gutted in terms of its infrastructural base, in terms of its manufacturing base, it's so gutted, it's so empty, it's so dilapidated that it can literally sit on damn near $30 trillion worth of mineral wealth, and all it could do is grab a couple hundred billion in, in opium. Think about that. That's all they can do. They don't have the capability to handle it. They don't have the capability even for the Europeans to handle it. They can't do it. And you got dumbasses in the U.S. talking about like idiots like Bill Gates talking about maybe we could have a nuclear reactor utilizing thorium as, uh, as green energy. <laughs> Where are you going to get the thorium from, dumbass? Where are you going to get the parts of the reactor? We don't make none of this stuff. So this is what this is all we're left to. We are literally the, the – the, you know what? You, you ever go to a city – like, you ever go to a third-world city, you come out of the airport, you got to watch your pocket because there's some kid running around, right? He might pickpocket you and make a break for it, right? You, and, you, and all of a sudden, you felt like your pocket getting picked, and you look, there's this kid, he's grimy, he's grungy, he's got torn-up clothes, and he's running through. That's what the U.S. is. The U.S. is the broken, poor, impoverished kid at an airport pickpocketing people. That's all it is. We can't. We have no capability, no education, no 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 uh, infrastructure to 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 extract thirty trillion dollars worth of wealth. And heck, even if we did, we don't know what the fuck to do with it. 
even if we have the, the refining capability, even if we have the infrastructure, we don't know what the heck to do with it. We'd have no clue. None. But China does. China's created thorium reactors, folks, that are clean and safe, and they're only byproduct in terms of waste that can be reused. All right, constantly self-recycling thorium reactors, which is far and above anything that, that, that's in the West. And the only and the only byproduct is the size of an excrement from a flea. Flea poop. This concept is not even it's not even in the forefront of, of, of American thinking. Within our annals of scientific discovery. I mean, that's the whole entire thing. So the Taliban understands this. They're like, hey, why do you think the only functioning embassies right now in, in Kabul or the Russian embassy and the Chinese embassy? They're like, yeah, it's fine. And the media in America and the Western media, oh, it's chaos. <sighs> They're dying. Oh, my God, it's chaos in the streets. <laughs> and the Russians are like, no, it's actually quite calm in Kabul. Quite calm. Quite calm. No issues. Two different stories, folks. And from rumor has a siege that there is a great potential, a great potential mm-hmm. of over ten thousand Americans that are stuck that are still stuck behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, and and tons of confusion right there on the ground and. And we're we're witnessing. I was I was interested yesterday to see if if Chuck Schumer, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Kimmel Till Harris, anyone would, would come out and make any type of of statement. It looks like, based upon the news feed, it looks like they're going to stick to the White House talking points of what was put out yesterday. Now, in analyzing what Biden said, I have to agree that it was time to end the twenty year plus year. Every, everyone knew, right? I've been saying it. The, I've been saying, get the troops out of the Middle East. It, it, it's way past time. We spent way too much money. There's no resolution to this conflict. We're, we're not doing nation building. But what everyone is saying is the preparation leading up to that, right? Like leaving the entire military bases, you know, full of, of U.S. assets, leaving all the unprepared and unprepared in terms of the logistics. So that's that's what they're getting hammered on. And they're they're. They're not they're not going to. They're not going to admit and say, hey, look, yes, we we made a mistake. We screwed this up. We I mean, how could they be? How could they when you literally watch generals less than a month ago and even Biden saying the Afghanis military, they have this. The Taliban, there's no chance at all that the Taliban are going to take over. I mean, I think that's what people need to be criticizing. And where are the calls right now on the 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 conservative side on my fear is that they're gearing up for defense spending bills that they're 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 well, yeah. preparing for. I, I getting, mean, remember getting... that last uh, uh, senator? He's like he he stopped the whole infrastructure bill because he wants more spending for the military. Well, where disgusting. where where are the calls for a? Not that I care for congressional investigation, but where are the calls for an investigation of what just transpired? Of of hey, you know, wait a minute here, this this took place. So let's look at the the protocol that was established let's, let's look at the chain of, of command who who was advised who spoke to as far as this happening because 
it, it was mass chaos. I, I saw this article on uh, Blacklisted News, the and apparently from you remember that flight that with that C-17 of all those those people that were yeah. were on board and everything. I don't I don't think that that was the protocol at all. I think that they were there to primarily to get uh, U.S. citizens out and people from the the embassy. But what happened is I think the Afghanis rushed that plane. And like yep. and, and here's I guess this is a recording here. I can try to. Yeah, here, here's yeah, the recording here from. OK, here right. it is. So, so let's let's play that. This is the first time listening to. So bear with me. We may get ads. Yes, I knew that was going to happen. Let me go to let me go to SoundCloud instead. Hang on. All right, here we go. Here's here's the recording of the uh, actual on the flight. Okay, how many people do you think are on your jet? Eight hundred people on your jet. Holy, <laughs> holy cow! Okay. Hey, well, I mean, good job getting off the ground. What, uh, what type, I mean, are these Afghan nationals? Are they Americans? Where are they? What type of people? I wish we could hear the two-way. Okay. Okay. Are they on the, on the aircraft as well? Okay, what, uh, what's your Right, right. What's your expected arrival time at OTBH? So, uh, obviously, we can get from the recording. It was absolutely chaos. Right, right? Like, it's, uh, we're going back to calling from the cloud, which is what's in words for you for H5. Yeah, it's all air traffic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can kill that. Yeah. There you go. 800 people on a C-17 is very possible if everybody's sitting wall-to-wall and everybody's sitting on the ground. It's very possible. It's a cargo plane has a very large hold. It could easily fit 800. And where, where are those people going? You know, there's supposed to be some type of extradited uh, visa-type program, but what's the way of vetting them? What, well, right? they're, they're, they're coming soon to a swing state near you. <laughs> swing state near you. Yeah, so what was the vetting process? Like, how many Taliban were... were but now I'm starting to sound like a neocon. <laughs> <laughs> but i guess i guess it's a fair like conversation like are they being stationed somewhere are they gonna are they gonna are they gonna park them on the border <laughs> and then ship them across i mean uh, you know it's just it's such a it's, it's such a sad situation but i guess that the this completely reveals like any type of of confidence that people should be having in terms of of our federal government in terms of washington dc and their abilities right they had 20 plus years to establish some type of security measures, some type of, of, of procedures, protocol. And, and I'm no expert, right? Like I, I wouldn't volunteer for the job. I wouldn't know what the hell I was, I was doing there trying to coordinate something like that. But what I do have problems with is that the same Washington, D.C. bureaucrats are attempting during a national uh, emergency, if you will, in terms of our, our, uh, our approach that we're taking to COVID and the solutions that are being made are being executed by the same Washington DC bureaucrats. And my, my question to all those people who are happy to put the mask back on, happy to social distance, happy with all the new lockdowns, happy that in New York, you cannot go out to a restaurant without some type of COVID pass. Now, 
where is your confidence level now of understanding? Or are you just so disconnected from reality of being able to connect the dots to understand that government for the most part, and in particular on the national and federal level, is of sub, such epic proportions be that every one of us should be understanding and, and, and lose faith in that system and just completely disrupt and to be disconnected from that. Like that, that should speak volumes to everyone be, but, but it won't, it won't. Now. And the other thing that pisses me off, B, could you imagine if this was Donald Trump's watch right now? It, could you imagine the media reaction if Donald Trump was in charge and this was unfolding in Afghanistan? Holy cow. They, they'd be calling, oh my gosh, can you imagine the reaction, V? They'd be calling for his eminent resignation. It's a, oh, a resignation. They, they, they'd call for an immediate re, uh, you know, re, 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 resignation. But don't worry, Siege, we have good news. Oh, you have the good news up already. Yeah, I saw your private chat. Yeah. Washington yeah. on edge as Durham prepares possible indictments and report. Bum, bum, bum. I think Durham's working on his own 20-year action plan, his own 20-year plan to ensure he's gonna his be job writing, and his he's salary. Gonna be, he's going to be completing his report from the grave, bro. And then and then he's going to write a book about it, B, right? Like. Yep. You know, so he's insuring he's like his Tupac. salary. He's going to be like, you know, Tupac keeps releasing albums every year, even though Tupac's been dead for like 30 years or so. Every year, like, Tupac comes out, you know, with an album, like what Chris Rock says, giving his clue. You know, like, like he gives us, I don't know if you noticed that, Siege. Have you noticed that about Tupac? Mm-hmm. Tupac Shakur, right? Yeah, yeah. Like my man Chris Rock says. Chris Rock says, yeah, Tupac's saying, it's my nigga Kevin with a Mac 11. See, Pac is speaking to us. He said it's Kevin with a Mac 11. But I, but see, I, I listened to Tupac way, way back even when he was with Digital Underground. Oh yeah, uh, with Digital days. Underground back, yeah. back in the day. So, so yeah, that's when I so first. Durham is going to be releasing reports, and 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 eminent drops of reports from his grave. Well, who's going to prosecute? Who, who do you really think the DOJ is going to like whatever information he brings forth? Do you think anything's going to to take place? So the title of the Hill article is still in the game. Will Durham's report throw a slow curveball at keep it slow curveball more like a freaking knuckleball nothing burger that will probably won't even get to home plate. It'll be like, do you remember that opening pitch when Obama threw the opening pitch and like it went like 15 yards <laughs> and then the ball yeah. or was, was it him that threw the terrible uh, game opening or the opening pitch? I can't remember who it was, but it'll be the same thing. And, 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 and yeah, so right, people will pick this up and people are like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is about to happen. This is going but we, we, we have to wake up. We, we have to try to understand that we need a unified voice to counter this. Those that are still hanging on to the militaries in charge that um, that behind the scenes that Trump is dictating, you know, policy that he will be reinstated for the office. You know, you have to admire. I, I, I see people that are commenting that that Afghanistan is nothing but a distraction. Uh, let's see here. Trust the queue. Somebody just thank you for the super chat. Trust the queue. <laughs> Thank you for that. But what I'm saying is that if we be if if people are saying, which I am as well, that that Afghanistan could be a distraction for other things that are that are coming, that's that's completely true. And I and I agree with that. But at the same time, as we navigate and we we drift through this, I think in fairness that we have to also say the same thing about about Trump. And and I'm I'm tired of saying it, that he very well could be a distraction you know, heading into, into the midterms and into the next election cycle. So, 
So I, again, it, I don't have faith in the election process and, you know, everyone's entitled to, for their own beliefs to do what, what they want to do and all that kind of good stuff. But I'm just saying that if you're going to stick to that narrative and you're going to believe that systematically that something dramatic is going to change, um, best of luck to you. I think, I think we're, we're well within that timeline of the economic reset. I think it's all financially driven around the change that's occurring that the U.S., not only in terms of foreign policy, not only in terms of any type of, God, I don't even call it U.S. leadership because it's not, because because this speaks volumes. And I think all these things we're witnessing now just just tie into the collapse of of our republic, of of our of the United States. And I think what comes next V is the financial matters that that unfold in terms of the do- demise of the dollar V. Yeah, absolutely right, man. That's where we're heading for. Anyway, see, that's all I have for today, brother. Um, anything else you want to cover? No, I um, just a couple of things. Yesterday, I forgot to mention that I did attempt to remotely cover the Schiller Institute and simulcaster live stream, and and something happened uh, during the the stream, and my stream crashed. So, so I do apologize for that. I just had I had too much on my plate to be in one place for that many hours mm-hmm. on d- a day. Uh, so it did crash. So I'll, I'll post post the link and share it out. But you can go to the Schiller Institute to watch their entire two days uh, webinar that they did have and then keep it locked and loaded. I'm, I'm going to confirm within the next uh, half an hour and this also for UV uh, just to confirm that we'll have the strategic hour with Matthew Arid at 2 PM. I'm down. I should be able to, uh, to make myself available. So, so keep it locked and loaded right here. Keep up in the discord channel. I love all the posts. I love all the communication. I, I can't respond to every one of them, but I, but I want to. So, so keep it up and keep it right here at roguenews.com. I see the messages, people asking us if we're going to go to Rumble or we're going to go to this DLive or we're going to go to this platform, roguenews.com. Listen, this is how you have to look at it nowadays. Like all these people that are posting their, their and again, we want to get our content anywhere and everywhere that we can. But at the end of the day, you don't own those platforms. So you have right. to look at it. It's like a business decision. The only thing that we own is our domain, roguenews.com and what we're paying into it. We don't own Rumble. We don't own YouTube. We don't own Twitter. We don't own, you know, whatever. So so when you continuously do that and put all your content on those platforms and then something happens, you're at risk. So what you do own is your own domain. And that's why you need to go to roguenews.com. That's where we're going to put all of our content. It should be your your landing zone. Make it your homepage if you want. Um, so, so that's all I got to say, V. Very well said. And with that being said, folks, we'll be back at 2 p.m. for Matthew Eric, the Geostrategic Hour. Uh, be, keep it locked right here. And with that being said, we're over and out, buddy. Take it away.